Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the 90s Mixtapes. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And we are here, staring at my grandma's candy dish of fucking potpourri, right? I mean, that's, that's the episode we're at. That's where we are. This is the episode where we kind of talk about current events of the 90s. We kind of get into some of the wackier news stories, if we can find them. Or in this case, we really just kind of talk about some of the events that I think, at least where I grew up, shaped the 90s, right? There's a lot of things on here that really happened that were not necessarily New York stories per se, but they were some reached all around the world and other ones, you know, kind of sort of feel like they were happening in your own backyard, right? So Jen, are you ready to dive into some of these stories with me? I am. How are you feeling this evening? You ready? We're recording this at night. Sometimes, I mean, we do 50-50. Sometimes we do in the morning. You might hear me a little bit more shot out of a cannon then because I've had my coffee. And other times, I'm dialed in right now in the evening. But, I mean, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I feel a little unprepared. I don't have my nice board of all the information. You know how I like to see my lists. I do. But, see, the thing is, is that on a month like this with some of these stories, especially stories that I think shape, or at least in my mind, shaped the youth of like the 90s, right? Because there's certain things that become statements and phrases that, and slang terminology that came out of some of the stuff that happened here. And we'll talk about that. But we're going to start first. I'm going to start first, ease you guys into some of the things that happened in this month, right? This is still a time when we're doing the Super Bowl like the week after the championship game. So the Super Bowl is in January. So we're going to we're going to hit on some sports stuff here first, okay? Cuz I think that's important. We're going to leave the out of sports story to go with the other story that we need to talk about at the end though, okay? So, starting early January, we got lots of college football games. Jen, what do you know about college football? Oh, I know absolutely nothing about college football. And I, I really plan to keep it that way. If you, in if you the, must know. In you. the early 90s, <laughs> did you know anything about college football and how they like picked a winner and stuff? I know more about college football now than I did back in the 90s. I literally knew nothing back in the 90s about college football. So I knew really nothing about college football in the 90s either. Where we grew up, we were uh, insulated from the college scene because we just didn't really have any good schools. So it wasn't even like you'd be like, hey, that's a cool school. So you had to like pick a school. And it was a little harder maybe to watch the games. I mean, I think Notre Dame was always consistently like on national TV. So you could have been like, I want to be a Notre Dame fan. But it was kind of difficult. So I'm not going to go into who exactly was in all of these bowl games. But you had your college bowl game during the bowl game season, which a lot of it was on January 1st. So what they used to do anyway is that they used to just, like, play these games, and then they had, like, rankings and seedings, and then, like, a a committee would kind of, like... At least this is what I think, because I didn't really follow it. They would, like, pick who the winner was uh, based on, like, who won these bowl games that they, like, selected the teams to go into the games. Like, they invited them. Up until maybe a couple years ago, and then they started an actual playoff. They are like, that just kind of doesn't make any sense. Jen is already asleep, by the way. (laughs) Like, I'm staring at her like... (laughs) So this is like important if you're into, you know, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, all these big games, like they just played this game and they said, all right, well, that's the best team and they win, right? So each, so the kids were playing to win the game and then eventually, when it was over, they would decide who was the best team, 
right? Obviously, if you were considered the number one team and you beat the number two team, I would imagine Florida State probably that won the Orange Bowl was probably the best team that year. But that was happening. My man, as a New York, as a as a New Yorker, as an expat, as a New Yorker, my team is still to this day. You're a current Pat. That's true. My team is still the New York Knicks. Love the New York Knicks. Our man Patrick Ewing set the set the record for most points by New York Knicks over fifteen thousand points. Set the record. That was important. Wait, did we pivot from the college? Football? Yes, we just oh, we're just we're I was just waiting running. for this no, no. To, to okay. No, no, you're okay. you're asleep at the wheel. I'm trying to bring you back. That's why I'm saying Knicks. I'm trying to make you think of your starter jacket. Make yeah, you think. Yeah. Well, that was a of, giant. Of the four yeah. point play. Well, just John Starks. You, John Starks. That's it. Yeah. Our boy. Pat Riley. That's it. Now you're getting it. Now Get you're it. here. I'm here. Knicks. Patrick Ewing. All-time scoring leader. We go to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> we didn't do any of the Super Bowl commercials this year because there's a couple other stories that really... That oh, yeah. We've we been following since begin. last year that really, like, pop off. But pop it. Bop it. Do we get boppets? We must have boppets at this point. We gotta, we gotta find that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out. We'll Jen's gonna check it out. Yeah. But... The Buffalo Bills play the Dallas Cowboys in what will be, what did you say? I said I have an entry written in my diary about that. Okay. Would you like to read I don't to have, about I it? I forgot to bring my diary into the into the thing. Okay. Well, maybe, that, maybe we'll save that for the end credits for those that stay, right? <laughs> okay. Right? That's a really good idea. Buffalo Bills play the Dallas Cowboys in a Super Bowl and the Bills lose again. So for those that have been following, last year the Bills lost, and this year the Bills lost, and years before in '91 they lost three straight. I don't really know what to say uh, as a Jets fan. I don't know what to say because my team never made it to three. There was never that kind of optimism. The closest thing I have is when we moved down to the Carolinas and the Panthers were in the Super Bowl. You could feel the town was a buzz. You could feel that people were like, this is, you know, we're going to win. Like, we could win. And then Well, I mean, you, you had the sadness. experience of the Giants being in the Super Bowl when we were in New York. Yeah, but you know, the problem with New York sports, especially like a Jets-Giants thing, is that, like, deep down, you kind of didn't, like, you wanted the Giants to win. But when the Giants won, it, like, <laughs> it, it was like, then they were punching down on Jet fans. I get it. I'm a Mets fan. You know yeah. You have to tell me. You no, know, it's like Mets-Yankees. It's the same kind of idea. But the Bills are their own entity, right? They're their own people. You're like, oh, that's people in Buffalo. That's people with real constitution. And to go three times and lose three times is tough. They lost. Emmett Smith was uh, the MVP of the game. Shout out to the all-time... NFL rushing record held by Emmitt Smith, which may never get broken the way that they use running backs these days. We also had some beginning of the Olympics. We're doing different Olympic trials, different Olympic things. Uh, we had our we had a we had our representative picked to go to the Olympics. One Tanya Harding on January seventh. We're going to put a pin in that, but she did win in order to go to. The Olympics, right? She yes. won. She, she won, won the, the contest. She on won January the nationals. 7th. Yeah. She won the nationals. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's it, really. That happened, sports wise. Okay. There was a big entertainment story. Howard Stern had his beauty pageant, which was a forty dollars pay per view event. 
It was $40 back then. $40 back then. How much were like wrestling pay-per-views back then? Were they 30 I think they were $29.99. But I like so. the main ones might have been $39.99, I think. So this is $39.99. But they're all main ones at this point. From what I read, there was like 400,000 buys. He had women eating maggots? No. Yeah. No, it was what the 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 New Year's Eve beauty pageant, right? Yeah, he had women eating maggots mm. and all sorts of other nonsense that allegedly this thing brought in $16 million. Was it like Fear Factor? It seems like that way, right? With like it models like, or whatever? But yeah, but I, yeah, kind of, I, I guess. I mean, I didn't see the special. I'm just, you know, I read about the special. So he might have cleared like $4 million from it and allegedly made like $16 million from the event based on the ad buy, based on the pay-per-view buys. Damn. A few months back in the ether in last year, Chevy Chase released All a talk show. All the way back show. in 1993? All the way back in 93. Chevy Chase had a talk show. The Chevy Chase show. That show got canceled very quickly. They were going to potentially bring in Howard Stern, but because of this pay-per-view event, Rupert Murdoch head of Fox was like, fuck that. Really? Yep. And they were going to do his movie. Succession? Succession. And they were going to do his movie, <laughs> Private Parts. And the funding for that potentially got pulled from Paramount to make the movie because of this special. So who made the movie? It's actually I, I a good, know. it's actually a well-made it's, it's a good, good movie. movie. I didn't get yeah. that far. I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But this is, I read a whole article about how this, like, I read an article on the way back, uh, portions of the internet, uh, from like Entertainment Weekly in January of 94. And that's, you know, I didn't read the article back then, but I read it now. And that's what the author was saying, that this may have really bad ramifications for Howard Stern and his career. So Well, clearly it didn't. It didn't in the long <laughs> it run, didn't. he's doing great. It didn't. But ew, eating maggots. Oh, yeah. But then you think about it and you're like, you Why? literally, but you literally said. Why? Which is why I wanted to, to have this this pause, to have this conversation, to get some dialogue, get some dialogue firing. You literally said you're like, oh, it's fear factor. Like, he's doing things before people are doing things, that then they're doing them. And it's like, oh, we're going to eat bull testicles. I think of that show and I go, you're going to make me crawl through maggots or snakes it's or giant cockroaches. It's either terrifying or disgusting. Or, and then eat a bull testicle yeah. so then I can lose on some fucking obstacle course. Like, no, I would never be on that show. That was like the no. ultimate show that was a gross out show that I'm like, I'm out. I watched it, though. I watched it all the time. I'm not saying I didn't. And I'd be like, oh, there you go, Bull Tesco, I'm out. But it's like, yeah. it's one of those shows where you're like, I, no, I can't oh, do that. And I gotta right? think about spiders and, oh, I know. They, oh, yeah. They'd, they'd be, be like, like, we're just gonna have tarantulas crawling no, on you. No. Crawl through a pit of tarantulas. Like, nah. It's like whatever your fear, I mean, I guess it, it is called fear factor. But, like, they just target, like, whatever your fear could be. Yeah, but. So I mean, you know, this is this is the first, I guess, gross out TV. But was it like, was it like a contest, or was it just like the all right? Pageant? I think that oh, was like her talent. So. I guess it was like her talent. Was she could eat maggots or something? I didn't see it. I don't like her. Well, that's not true. I don't know her, and that's very mean. But but eating maggots is like people do that. It's not like they don't. Oh no. Yeah. Mm. Protein. No. Yes, in other parts of the world, it's protein. It's probably easy to get it too. But maggots are just so specifically like, like. Stomach, yeah, like stomach churning. Like I know I, people have eaten crickets and other things like that, and like I can accept that. I can't accept maggots. Right, but then again, you go to like the Bear Grylls shows and all these other shows, and you're watching these people like in the woods. I'm not going on them shows. I'm not eating those. Maybe things. not necessarily Bear Grylls, but like like uh, you know, uh, 
not well, naked and afraid, fine, but like alone, where they're like, I'm alone in the wilderness, and they're like, oh, this is a tree. I'll open up this tree and eat the bugs inside. Right, because like, like they have that. to live because they're survivalists. Right. I can almost understand that more than like, I'm on a beauty pageant. My name's Jessica. I'm going to eat this maggot. But, I mean, she's not on, you know, Miss USA. She's on Howard Stern's beauty pageant. Obviously, you're going to bring the wackiest people to True. do the wackiest shit, right? Yeah. And people paid for it, so, you know, and this is before the internet where, uh, you know, there's probably an OnlyFans somewhere where somebody's eating fucking maggots or some shit. But... I guess that's true. I mean, it is a $40 pay-per-view back in 1993. Four. It's true. Let's get into some real news stories. January 3rd. More than 7 million black South Africans have their citizenship restored. I know. That's wonderful. By President F.W. de Klerk, the South African president. I want to say it's wonderful, but it's like fucking 1994. You know what I mean? Like that's... Wow. Oh, that's crazy. By the way. Yeah. $81.42. Is how much that would have been? Mm-hmm. That's what $40 was. Again, it's one of those things where you're like... It's basically <sighs> like we're just living in double times. Oh, something else says $85.48. Hmm. January 10th. 1994. Ukraine says it will give up the world's largest, third largest nuclear arsenal. Let that just be there. Yeah. So wow. 30 years ago, they're wow. like, we're going to give this up <coughs> because Russia's <coughs> never going to attack us. Oh, God. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just bringing all the good news. Well, I'm bringing some <laughs> of the stories, right? Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to. I'm trying to bring some oh. stories to you here. Our man LT. However, you feel about him or don't feel about him. I didn't put this in the sports thing. I put it in like the real stories because he's considered one of the best football. players I loved ever. him back then because I was a Giants fan. Yeah. I've now come over. I'm also a Jets fan with you, but. Orange Taylor retired. Yeah, LT. Queen Elizabeth fell the off star a horse. of WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania 11 or something? Yeah. Queen Elizabeth fell off a horse. Is she going to... Was she okay? I think she survived. Was that in the crown? Didn't she, like, break an ankle or something? Was that in the crown? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it could have been. We're not up to 1994. I, like, I where know. we stopped watching the crown, I don't think we're up... We're not up to that part yet, because the boys are tiny. A little-known movie called... Four Weddings and a Funeral premiered. That sounds like it should be part of the movie. Nah, I, I, I don't see, know why you're throwing movies at me right now. See, I think we just kind of, well, it's just, we're just here with like, you know, the real story. Can I tell you a secret? Mm-hmm. Never seen that movie. Me neither. And it's just one of those things that well, it, it's okay it didn't premiere. Well, it didn't premiere here, right? It premiered in Britain? Yeah, I think it premiered in Britain. Well, we're going to have to watch it this year. You man, Michael Jackson. I know. Settled his lawsuit out of court. Yeah. With a 13-year-old boy. I remember when we watched last year the Oprah interview, and I feel like I'd seen that before, and I feel like I remember seeing another interview they does later about settling out of court and about how, like, kind of he's the victim. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Leave that. Can we just talk about that Oprah interview with him again that we watched last year? That was something. What month did we watch that? I think when, like, April or May or something. Yeah. It's kind of like a debtor month, maybe. Maybe even like a June. Oh, my God. It was... was... Guys, 
friends. If Watch you want to be freaked yeah. out, if you want to feel real weird, mm-hmm. even if you don't, you need to do it. You should really go watch that interview with Oprah and Michael Jackson. It is the strangest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Anyway. Jen. Yeah. Let's get into the two stories that I feel shaped the 90s. The whole 90s. All of the 90s. The two stories shaped them in January 1990. I'll tell you why. As a young man, I never in my life thought that somebody would chop off somebody else's penis. (laughs) There was a joke. Not to get a woman angry, because she'll pull Lorena on you. Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena. Lorena Bobbitt. Chopped off her husband's penis, and we talked about that last year. She goes on trial in the month of January, and she's found insane at the time of the event. I, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she was. Like, did you hear? Remember, the, he attacked her. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know, man. I the whole I thing is the whole so thing cr- is so insane. Much. And so I just much. remember, like, I just remember that being a punchline that was said in, in locker room. Uh, the like, fact jokes that she and, threw like, it out the window yeah. is my favorite part of the whole story. Chopped it off, took it, drove away, threw it out the window. Felt bad, called up and said, this is where it is. <laughs> it's like one of the like wildest stories. Like, she immediately stories. called and said, I threw my husband's penis out the window at this area if you want to go get it. It might be salvageable. <laughs> I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's, threw it out the window. It's unbelievable. It's honestly unbelievable. The whole thing is just <laughs> that whole story. And it's just one of those things in the 90s where it's just like, I, you don't remember hearing about Lorena Bobbitt. You just don't, like, throughout all of our youth, like in high school and, like, everything, you just heard about that. It was just a thing you heard about. Like, oh, man, I'll just pull Lorena Bobbitt, chop somebody's penis off. Not me, but, like, that's, like, what people would say. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It's like just a word that's now used. It was a term. The Bobbit. And the other term was, you know, I'll pull Tanya Harding. <laughs> so. That was the other term that just got thrown around in my youth. I, like, these were the terms. Like, and you knew what that meant, right? If somebody said, I'm going to pull Lorena Bobbit, you knew what they were saying. You knew they were like, oh, I'm going to chop your dick off. Like, you knew what they were saying. And so somebody's like, I'm going to pull a Tanya Harding. You knew they were talking about capping you on the knee, like hitting you on your knee. Like you knew what they were so, saying. It was just slang terms for these wild events that happened. So I know we talked about like, <laughs> like talking about these events in terms of what memes they would create now. Mm-hmm. And I Googled Tanya Harding meme and there's already memes out there. And the two biggest ones, the two most popular ones that I saw all over the place was like, the <laughs> Like, you know that picture of them where they're, like, skating next to each other after the incident and, like, Tanya's kind of behind behind Mm -hmm. Nancy and she's, like, leaning on the thing? So that's a big one. And it's, like, Nancy Kerrigan is, like, me, finally... Like, it's all COVID-related, right? Mm -hmm. Like, me, finally enjoying a summer. And then, like, Tanya Harding's, like, the Delta variant. Like, all Mm -hmm. these COVID, like, 19 things. And the other one is, like, Tanya Harding skating and it just says, like, uh, like something like the another or the real meaning be- behind taking a knee or something like that. So 
a lot of taking a knee ones with Tanya Harding. Unbelievable. It is, it's still to it's this good. day it permeates. It's like, and these are just events <sighs> that these women had tied to them for the rest of their life. So yeah. as we mentioned earlier, and really kind of the big story that's out there this month, I think it's the biggest story that's out there. I mean, you know, Tom Hanks won the Golden Globe. Schindler's List won the Golden Globe on the way to winning Oscars. And all these other things are happening. But I remember being a kid and I remember, I remember the video of Nancy Kerrigan screaming, why me? Scream crying, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? After she got hit. And that's how you remember it, right? That's how I remember it. And, and I you remember know, on the news. And do you, do you, do you know the thing about that? No. Everybody remembers that. That is not what she said. She just said, why? Oh. Why? But everybody would make fun of her for saying, why me? Like, that was such a overdramatic princessy thing to say. I remember it was this whole thing that people were like, why me? Like, making fun of her for her reaction. But really, she was just going like, why? So then why? another... And that's crazy, because that's how I remembered it, too. So then another one on the Berenstein Bears checklist, uh-huh. right? Where you're like, I just had this ingrained in my mm-hmm. mind. I'm like, I remember her crying. I remember her sitting there. I remember her holding her knee. So we mentioned... Isn't it like Star Wars too? He doesn't actually say like Luke, I am your father. Doesn't he say just I am your father or something? Yeah, I don't think he says Luke. I just yeah, but everybody says, says I am your father. Luke, everybody right. says Luke, I am your father. That's another one. But yeah. yeah, no, apparently she just says why. So on January sixth, U.S. figure skating champion Nancy Kerrigan was attacked while practicing at the skate rink. The next day, as we mentioned, Tanya Harding would go ahead and win the actual. Um, the Nationals, in order to get the spot on the Olympics. So Tanya Harding, mm-hmm. in the immediate aftermath, is not immediately associated with this attack that occurred. Now, a few years ago, there's a movie, I, Tanya, that came out. Any child of the 90s. This has to be ingrained because it, it circles around the Olympics and it was like the most talked about thing for the months that it occurred, right? Because everybody, you know, we talk about this and it's just, it, it's not something that's trying to be like, oh, okay, you know, like, look at us, we're old. But it's like, there wasn't a lot of options to watch on TV. And when the Olympics came on, it was a big deal. So exciting. It was, you know, they had a partnership with McDonald's and Sprite and Coke and all these things that you know now, I'm you're so like, excited. like, what are we doing? But I love to go get the McDonald's cups, I would just right? Dream. I had the Dream Team cups. Yes. I had like all that stuff. Like, I would just so dream about being a figure skater. Like, I could not skate, but I would just be like, I would be doing triple axles in my soft socks on the kitchen floor. You know, like I just. So are you more like a like, and and this is this this goes both ways. So are you more like a you wanted to be in the winter? Like, so if you could be in any Olympic event, it would be figure skating of all the events. When I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wanted, I thought it was the most, I could watch, I was obsessed with it. Do you know what I wanted to do? You'll never guess what I wanted to do. Well, I know that you have a strange interest in curling. Yeah, but that's now. That was in like my 20s. Did you want to be like a um, bobsledder? I wanted to be in the Summer Olympics. I wanted to throw the javelin. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I just thought it was wild that people are just throwing javelins. But then I'm always like, I'm going to hit somebody with this javelin. So I always just thought way too much about it. But it's like, you know, it's pretty cool. I'm like, you run, you throw this javelin, you do that. No, if I could have been any Olympic athlete, I would have wanted to be a figure skater. And I think a lot 
of women my age would feel that way. It's, it's either that or it's a gymnast, right? You want to do one or the other. Yeah, I didn't care about gymnasts. I almost said gymnastics. I never really, my, my parents tried to put me in gymnastics and I was just chubby and awkward. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to hang upside down. Do you know what the wildest thing about that too? Like I, like I think about that, like the wildest thing, like it's like, okay, so your parents put you in gymnastics, right? You're like, okay. But like, what does that lead to? Either that leads to you being a really great gymnast or it leads to like, I don't know. You just being, having something to care about as a kid and being athletic. I mean, I can understand it, but like I but didn't belong there. But it's wildly dangerous, <laughs> but it's wildly dangerous. And it's also like this thing that's like, you know, like I think about it now where they have all these like jump trampoline parks and they're like, here's a five-year-old on a trampoline park. And it's like, but like, who's like watching, like who's watching you when, when the person's watching like probably 30 kids at that point. But I mean, in the gymnastics you also kind of got to let kids be kids. I don't know. I I'm just I see saying, what you're saying, but put 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 you in karate. Learn how to defend yourself. I that's don't know. all. I'm saying. Some people. That's all. I'm Learn I'm that skill take... set. We can agree to disagree. I feel like you can have whatever passions you want, and any kind of like activity like that, athletic activity, is going to be good for you. Like, you it know, is... like it's not it... like I know people whose children are in gymnastics, and no, they're not going to be in the Olympics, but they're wildly in shape and they have energy and they want to do flips and it's cool. Like it's, it's a cool thing. It's a great skill for them to have. Like, I don't think I don't it's know. not. And I'm not saying that's, I it just, I think to myself when I think back and go, okay, so if you have a child and you insert them. <laughs> you picture me in gymnastics? No, I, I can. And I was and it's like funny. freakishly tall and chubby and with all these tiny little kids that were flipping around and I was terrified to like <laughs> try to hang upside down from the bars. I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> I can totally, totally say that. But it's like one of those things where like, you just kind of, you, you think about it and you go, it's such an individual thing, right? Like you need to do all these things to make you better versus like, you know, the, the idea of like a team sport or team concept. Yeah. But I think there's like cool sports like that. I don't know. There was Paris. this girl I knew in like sixth grade, she was in my class and she, she did fig, like, she did figure skating and she could do jumps. I mean, obviously she wasn't doing triple axles, but she could do jumps. And I remember, I think we went for one of her birthday parties skating or something. I mean, she was ridiculous and i was like so jealous i'm like oh man i wish i could do that but i could barely stand up yeah but i just that thought it I, was... that i also see i can see in my head that you're not you not being able to skate i could i could stand up on ice skates i wouldn't fall down immediately but i, I mean i'm not it wasn't my best thing i liked it a lot i thought it was fun anyway yeah but you could skate right didn't you do hot didn't I you do skate. the hockey i could skate but that went away by the time I was probably, be realistic now, probably say by the time I was probably 17. Like I still could skate, but I didn't skate. And then when I got out of college and I tried to skate, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And sorry, mostly because uh, I'm wearing this giant like Snuggie. He looks today. like a wizard. Yeah. I have this like. I have this, like snuggie that i got for christmas and the snuggie cost probably somewhere around twenty dollars uh could be more could be less i don't know but it's uh wildly comfortable when it's really cold and I don't know why but, the price of the snuggie matters well because it's like it's it, it, it there's so much uh so i feel like sometimes when you buy something and let's say you buy it of a lesser quality, you end up with like a weird shark pattern that looks like it could be a little kid's like curtains with well, them like nice like... fleece lined inside of it, right? So the fleece is nice and the stitching is good, but like the pattern 
It's like sharks with little stars between them. <laughs> yeah, it's like sharks, sharks. What I mean, sharks and sharks, sharks and sharks and stars. So it's a little, it's a little sus. Like I'll, I'll be, I'll be, be frank. It's a little suspect, but also I it's don't hard care to because find I'm wearing at home. Snuggies, and this snuggie is not from me, but it is hard to find these items with a sophisticated pattern on them no but i have seen some flannel you know so you you could have we could have went in that direction no if we're getting if we're getting snuggies we're gonna go all out well and anyway the incident oh we digress we're talking about fleece snuggies but it is january and we're talking about january type things jen give me a rundown of this incident because i know we were talking before and i i think we want to kind of you know the idea we were brainstorming a little bit because there's a lot that's going on here but um, the idea we're brainstorming a little bit is kind of talking about it and breaking it up into chunks. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Sorry, we had to take a break there for a second. You got your you got your journal. You got your thing. You got your notes together. Jen, give me a rundown of the events as you know them. That happened on January 6th. 1994. I, I was going to say 2000 and... <laughs> 2004. 21. 2020. January 6th. Oh, that's, my God. That's quite the day for us to be talking about this. I know. I just realized that A now. A lot of things just... happen on January 6th, apparently. Right. Um, the partnership. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to start and be like, hey, Pat, what happened on January 6th? I can tell you. And then I, I really would like if you did, because you were a better storyteller. So... We're gonna t- we're gonna talk here just about <laughs> as it was reported or as I remember it being reported. Remember here on the evening news. Okay, and I did just hear two podcasts that went into detail about it, so I'll jump in if I know any further details. Anyway, as a young Pat, I come home from school Baby and Pat. I'm sitting there, and there's the 13 inch TV in my in the kitchen, and I would sit on the kitchen chair and watch it because it was like my little space. So I was in the middle of all the action watch what I wanted, but I had access to uh, cable. So I remember seeing on the evening news, as I mentioned, that a figure skater, Nancy Kerrigan, was attacked while she was practicing and getting ready for the next day's figure skating nationals. I recalled her saying, why me? Why me? As they showed her. As everybody does. Which we know was not accurate. Mm -hmm. The next day, Tanya Harding... Old people, I don't know who they are because I'm a kid. You don't know who Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan are at this time? I'm just asking. I'm not like... No, because I'm 10 years old, 11 years old. How would I really know who they were? Well, because the last Olympics was in 1992 because this is when they like skipped it. They like did it weird. They did it again in two years. So they just competed in the 1992 Olympics. Okay. And I'm pretty sure Nancy Kerrigan got a bronze medal. I'll look it up really quick. But yeah, so they were um, already in the zeitgeist. But anyway. So eight to nine-year-old me does not recall. Okay, no, and that, that's Olympics. fine. I was, right. I was very aware of who they were. So yeah, I, I just, okay, that's fine. My my jam, like I told you, it was more of the summer. I enjoy the Winter Olympics. I the, the things I enjoy most about the Winter Olympics, I enjoy like the ski jumping, because I think it's crazy. Like the downhill like slaloms when they're doing that, when they're doing like the, the skiing. I like a lot yeah. of the skiing things, because I feel like it's just cool. I also like when they do the, the like cross country skiing and then they like skeet shoot while they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I like the figure skating, but the thing about the figure skating is the pageantry is so much for me. And it was back then to, as well that it just kind of like lost. Like 
unfortunately, so here's, here's, uh, you know, here's secret corner number one. So growing up in my house, most people would feel, most people are taught <laughs> that like if somebody falls down, <laughs> You should like help them up and you should feel like sympathetic. Like, oh man, is somebody that, is fell. that what That's you were really taught? Sad. Is that what you were taught? When we watched the Winter Olympics, all my mom wanted was people to fall. And when they fell, she would laugh so hard. It was like I know comedy this. I know to her. About your mom. She would let la- she'd be in stitches. I remember watching one Winter Olympics. I think it was like an Italian. I think they were like Italians that were <laughs> figure skating and they just kept falling. And she just kept, she kept yelling at the TV laughing she was like was laughing so hard she almost peed herself and this is way back in this is in the 90s and this is just it's all true when people fall my mom's reaction is to laugh so really it's a mixed message as a child right because you're like well i want these people to do good but my mom's rooting for them to fall (laughs) and when they do she laughs so you're kind of like what are we doing um which is which is you know it's (laughs) It is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. That's, you know, that's the secret oh, that I'm glad what? to share with everybody. And, and it's one of those things where, like, you know how you tell stuff about your family and then, you know, if anybody ever really asks, it's like, no, no, you ask my mom. You followed for my mom. She will laugh at you. I know. It doesn't mean you. I've, she, she's laughed at small children and she's laughed at old people <laughs> older than her. She doesn't care. She loves it. It, it gives her life. She loves watching people fall. Coincidentally, now she's falling a lot more. I don't know if she laughs at herself. I think she said she does. I think that I would imagine I she would. Think that your mom or someone or maybe Nikki asked her. Like somebody asked, like, yeah, like I don't want to be rude, but do you laugh at yourself? And she's like, I do. Yeah, of course. Which makes it actually better. Have you seen just this little sidebar? Have you seen the YouTube video? Of a dad picking up his daughter from, like, middle school. And they watch all the kids fall. And they're just watching the kids fall, the yeah. eyes, and he's, like, crying, he's laughing. So that makes... We showed that to my mom, yeah. and, 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 like, you can make your own reaction video of just her watching people fall, because she's hysterical laughing oh, at all of the people. Because you feel so bad laughing. Bastards. Oh, she's screaming. Oh, my God. But she loves it. But it's just, like, that's, like, her jam. And, you know, like... <laughs> Look, I think we all have inside of us as people, unless you're really, really, really like, like you've drilled it out or it's just you're so far evolved. Like there's always something where you just laugh inappropriately or you do something inappropriate. Right. And you're just like, oh, like everybody always has that thing where you're like, everything is great. But right. Oh my like God, with yeah. my mom, like I think about my mom and I'm like, you know, take her and she's a 40 year old lady. She's not with my dad. And she's like going out on a date with somebody or something. Right, she's on a blind date. The person doesn't know her. All of a sudden, the waiter falls on the ground. She would just start laughing, like I could only imagine the person sitting across from her being like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like that guy just fell. He's hurt. Like the more hurt someone gets, the more she laughs. But she doesn't want anyone to die. So it's not like she doesn't want to watch somebody have a heart attack and fall down and die. That's not funny. But if a waiter's walking and he's got lots of stuff and it falls, she would just hysterical laugh and be like, "Look at this jackass trying to carry all the plates. Just calling him a jackass and laughing." I've seen it. That's how I know. <laughs> so having said that, figure skating. I think it's a New York thing. Because sometimes if people make an oopsie an like Italian that, thing. I feel like my dad will be like, look at that moron. Like, I don't know. Like, what? Could just be <laughs> Italian thing. I don't know. I, I Your don't mom know. is funny, though, because I feel like it's good natured. 
unless you're the person that just had this embarrassing <laughs> moment happen to them and then you're just looking <laughs> for some grace laughing. and sympathy. And, you know, like, when I see someone fall, like, if they need help, I go to help them. That's, like, my reaction. But otherwise, I kind of ignore it because I don't want to make you don't it want to embarrass them. for them. Yeah, yeah, no. I but my that. mom would and, like, literally you don't, point and laugh. Like, I feel like I get caught, like, do I help or do I ignore it? Because I don't want to embarrass them. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want to ignore them. And then I'm yeah. just in my own head, like, don't do the wrong thing. Unless you know? it's safe. So having said that, figure skating in our house was always an event that my mom would bring her popcorn. And, bring. <laughs> <laughs> and we all always watched the Olympics. We were always dialed in. That's just how we always were. Um, when they are, which they've been the past couple of years. I mean, it's tough when they're, it's not tough for them. But it's tough if you're in America, especially on the East Coast. And they're doing you know these things in China and stuff, you know, in Japan. Which they've had a lot more recently there. And it's awesome uh, for them and all the people there. But, you know, the, the time difference makes it a little tough. So you kind of hear some of the events, especially with the way news travels now. But back then, you, you didn't know any of that. Like, just, you're like, awesome. Tape delays exist. And you don't really know what the outcome of these events are going to be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Having said that, I didn't really know who these two people were. I obviously knew that one of them literally looked like an ice skating princess, right? She looked like mm-hmm. a Disney princess, like yeah. Nancy she Kerrigan. She looked like graceful and a Disney princess. Mm-hmm. Tanya Harding, not so much, but but not in a bad way. Just I not do, so much. I right? do also feel like, yeah, Nancy Kerrigan definitely had a look of like someone. She first of all extremely graceful in her and she's skating. Tall. The thing is, she was very tall. Is she tall? I don't know. If she's five four, so she's shorter than me. But I see, I, I see. I feel like she seemed taller. She's than very slender. Like skating. I think she was very slender, right? Because she wasn't as good as at. She was very graceful, and she's very good at spinning, and she was good at the the movements and the more like figurative aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Tanya Harding wasn't as good with those artistic things and, and the grace, but she was a she could out jump her by far because Tanya Harding had more of a muscular build, but Tanya Harding was still like hundred and ten pounds. I mean, these are not big girls. And like people would talk about her, like in the media, about how she was like fat and had like big thighs. I mean the girl was like hundred and ten pounds. Is that now or, or are you No, just, this was back then. Ahead. No no I'm saying are you jumping ahead? Like is that like in the because I know that after the event... Probably after. I'm just saying, like, I think just the overall vibe of both of them. And they, I'm pretty sure time, they were both in the 1992 Olympics and the 1994 Olympics, right? So they, they decided to change the way the Olympics were. So they both got an opportunity to compete again because it was so soon where I don't know, like, if they would have been aged out or whatever. Um, but yeah, like... Well, you know, I don't even know if it's aged out because I think what ha- what ends up happening is like you kind of go to the Olympics. Well, younger people start to get older and they're better. Well, they're right? better, but but then you go see the see the, the thing about the Olympics always was until we sent you know kind of the dream team. The thing about the Olympics was, and I know you and I had a little bit of this conversation before. It's about amateurs. The whole point was supposed to be a celebration of amateurs, mm-hmm. and you know with what was going on, you know, with the Cold War and the Soviet Union and doping. Like, it appeared that they were, like, stacking the deck. And so then the Americans, especially in basketball, when we lost in basketball, we were like, well, fuck that. We're going to send our best players. Like, we're just going to send our pros. We don't give a shit. And then that's when we sent the Dream Team in 92. We're just like, we're going to send the best players that we have to go and just destroy everybody, which they did. They were I mean, they were beating 
you know, Cameroon, I think, and like, you know, whatever countries, they were beating them by like 100 points. Like, it's just, it was silly. It's like, we, we are the best, like, and so the whole idea was always about like sportsmanship and it was about being an amateur and not making money. So a lot of times I think with the figure skaters, they would then go on to like, not necessarily ice capades. Like stars on ice. I mean, they had these, other things, these you know? opportunities. Maybe yeah. they could be teacher. They could be, there's a lot of things they could then do to make money. Um, yeah. They could parlay that. It's like you, you kind of do it in the window where you're not trying to live, right? Because right. you're a, a, a kind of a child, right? Or a young adult. And then you're like, all right, well, now, like, let's say you're 24 or 25. You're like, all right, well, now I can parlay this skill set that I've gotten. And people will have name recognition because I made it to the Olympics. And then I'll go make money traveling around doing this, but right? So that that's I think that's yes. the career path. That's the trajectory that's, one would want to that's go. the want. And I think the... The problem, or like the thing about it is that I don't think that I certainly didn't know watching the Olympics in 92 and 94 back then. And I don't even really think about it now when I watch the Olympics. I don't know how much of a fact, I mean, I'm sure it's still obviously a factor, is that this is, figure skating is not a cheap sport to get no. into. It's not cheap to go to these these events. It's not cheap to get oh. skate time. It's not cheap to, ha- these costumes aren't cheap. Mm-hmm. It is a rich person sport. Mm-hmm. And Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were blue-collar family kids. Mm-hmm. Their families did not have a lot of money. Their families struggled to pay for them to do this. I mean, Tanya Harding was working at a potato restaurant in the mall, which feels so Roseanne, right? Like mm-hmm. she, I don't. She always reminded me of Becky from Roseanne. Like she always was, she had sure. like a, a similar vibe. Um, but Nancy Kerrigan came off like a person that had money and she was very graceful. She had the look. She was able to blend into that world Mm -hmm. and is what people wanted to see, what the figure skating association wanted to see, right? She dressed beautifully. Like she was that person, even though they essentially like came from very similar backgrounds, which I didn't know. Right. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten that vibe, but I guess she was really able to assimilate Tanya Harding, not so much, but it shouldn't have been about, like, what your clothes are, right? Or how well, you put on your makeup. But anyway, that's neither here nor well, there. But she didn't, like, people did, she had a, you know, I don't know. Well, one would like to think that if you are the best in America at something, mm-hmm. that people, that we would cultivate that. One would like to think that right. we would do that. And, and when has that. that ever really... Well, that's part of the American experience, right? Unfortunately, sometimes you can be the best and you could be overshadowed and not given any sort of opportunity. Yeah. And I'm not coming here saying that I think Tanya Harding was a better skater than Nancy Kerrigan. I know nothing really about skating. skating. I know that she's a better jumper. But I have watched both their programs recently. And I mean, Nancy Kerrigan was ridiculously graceful and beautiful to watch. I mean, they're both amazing, right? They're two of the best. They were two of the best at the time. Do you remember Christy Yamaguchi? Because she was 92. Yes, I do. I thought she was later on. And then I'm like, nope, she was actually older than them. And she So, you know, you know what it is about figure skating, similar gymnastics, similar to some of these things. Like when I'm watching it, like, I think it's like, like when they do the floor exercise and they do these things, it's like as a lay person, I'm amazed that somebody can do any of this. But I then know. but then they're like, well, the, but they also have to add these other little elements. Like you're talking about, well, they have to do this move and that move. And it's like, I just want to see them do like all the flips. Because I'm completely not like don't engaged yeah, yeah. in any of it. I'm not like, oh man, you know, I'm just such a, an innocent bystander and such just an American where I'm like, you are representing us. So I want you to do the thing. 
I just got really excited because aren't the Winter Olympics happening this year? No. I thought you said they were. Summer Olympics in oh, Paris. Oh, shit. I was so excited to watch figure skating. I just got really excited. Anyway. Look at gymnastics um, again. We just had the Winter Olympics. So the thing about Tanya Harding that I do think is important to say, because I know we're going to... Is that she was the first American figure skating woman to ever land a triple axel. And that is a really big deal. And it was a really big deal at the time. I think now a lot more women are doing that, but it did not happen. She was the first one. I think one person did it from another country once. I don't even remember, but not, a, you know, she's the first American woman to ever do it. Um, and it was extremely impressive and a very big deal. And it's so much harder. Do you know the difference between like all the other jumps and the axle, like the la, like the lots and the... Isn't the axle one where you like take off like or land blind? Kind of like you don't see. So, I don't really know so much about the landing, but what I do know is all the other jumps, you take off on your back, you, you, you head into the jump going backwards, and then you basically take your foot, one of your feet, and you dig it into the ice and you propel yourself up, and then you land. So you're basically using one leg to, like, jump off. Like, if you're swimming across, you know, a pool and you push off. Right. An axle, you go in skating forward. So you're not... You don't have that momentum. You, you have to put all... So just think about how much... If you're spinning backwards, how much more, like, force you would have than if you were running forward to try and spin. Okay. So you have to be really, really strong to do it, which is why... I can't do any jump on I'm really ice. Bad jump. I can't do so any jump on I in life. But yeah, so that is the thing. That. It's like a really... It's a much harder jump than like the other jumps. But um, yeah, I just thought that was... I mean, I tried to do all the jumps in my in my fuzzy socks on my kitchen floor. It's true. But um, yeah, so Tanya Harding was able to, to do that. and uh, That was her claim to fame, right? I would. Did you like I, Tanya? I know it's not 100% accurate, and there's a lot of things that, you know... You know, certain movies where I feel like, or certain shows or certain things, you know, and it... it, it, it I have a hard time with a biopic. I have a harder time if I feel like I'm coming in with a preconceived notion of, like, what I think something is. So that's really where it gets dicey for me. Especially if they take any sort of artistic liberties with anything. Because I'm like, okay. it's not really what I remember. Now, that's really the wrong way to go about it. Because... But like, doesn't that... To me, that makes it so much better. Like, oh no, like, I would had no idea what was going on. And I just let the media totally tell me everything. And like, I like knowing people's stories. It makes me feel more human, you know? like. But, but see, what I would say is that I'm a bigger fan of like a documentary. Right. So like the person telling okay. me their version versus like a dramatized version that you're trying, you know, I get that. like, like, for example, I'll use, I use an example. Like we just watched the iron claw and I was telling you that some of the things that people were talking about, like I wasn't alive back then. And mm -hmm. obviously you weren't either. Like we did not see that we were not wrestling fans, but people that were, were like, yo, those guys were like six foot eight six foot six they were huge human beings so when you have them played by somebody like jeremy allen white that's great for you and me because we're able to kind of be like yo he's ripped this is cool like it's it's like cool like the brother like he's a great actor yeah but that's not capturing a six foot eight man like it's just not 
it, the presence of these brothers and these people. And so that's for the people. But I don't need that. I don't need to see a six foot eight man. I'd rather see a good actor. But this is my point. You don't really know the story. You know the story from what you've heard, and then you see it, and you're like, great, I'm seeing this. I like, watched a Dark Side of the Ring about it. Like, these people, like, like people that watched it that were alive and watched wrestling, they were like, oh, well, I mean, like, I was alive. Like, this is not how this went. And so it takes them out of the movie to be able to enjoy the artistic representation they're putting on the screen. So, like, with I, Tanya, I'm like, okay, we're going into this movie, and you're really trying to show me this side of this person's life that we've heard about. We've heard them talk about, but like, I really remember this event. I don't really remember you for your talent, which sucks because this event overshadows everything and the stupidity of the event overshadows anything. But also, like I kept saying to you, somebody could have been really, really hurt. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it's not, somebody could have been it wasn't really, cool, really, and but, not just Nancy Kerrigan. Like, like it's so stupid. Somebody man. could have been really fucking hurt. Really I'm hurt. not minimizing the event. So the event in question that we're talking about is however they decided about doing it. <laughs> I can't. It's so dumb, man. Apparently, you're talking about you're talking about the attack. The attack. Let's talk about the attack. Okay. I think we should just I think we should just put this out in the open. Mm-hmm. You and I got into a borderline argument. Oh yeah, there was tension in the house for a couple days and this over, was this over was Tanya Harding. Oh, specifically over Tanya. Over about Harding. how I feel sympathy towards her and I feel bad that she's had such a hard life and that it ended kind of tragically and i feel like she's a tragic person and also i don't think it's okay to be involved or in in this kind of thing um allegedly she 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 claims to not have been involved right and she wasn't convicted of being involved so um and unfortunately but i think that both things can i can hold space for like feeling bad for someone or being like wow i really wish that that worked out differently for you and knowing that you've had a lifetime of abuse from any anyone who was supposed to love you has abused you she's had physical sexual emotional abuse and i feel really bad for that person right and you shouldn't attack people with with uh well so see then i come over the top rope with kind of my thought process and my thought process is i personally like to give everybody especially now as getting a little older and getting past some of these things in my past. Like I like to give everybody the grace to kind of like, okay, let's hear your story. But also like, if not for, right. Then whatever event it is that we're getting to happen. So it's like, if not for her, which she admitted doing, telling them where Nancy Kerrigan was going to be. And not telling anyone else, telling the attackers, which we know this is all admitted stuff. Yeah, she did so tell her ex. Yeah, no, she, she called and she, she uh, told yes, them. Yes. I'm not getting into, you know, conversations no, no, no. I don't I'm know, not, but if not for. I'm not making any statement on the level of her guilt. And but this is my I'm point. just saying I think both things can be true. Someone can be guilty of something and also deserve a second chance at life. And Look, I feel bad. And, and that I feel like she's a tragic figure. And I just feel. And. And. I'm not saying not to have an argument here. I'm just throwing it out there that we we can we can agree to feel differently about things. We can. And that's okay. And the only thing I will say on, on that portion of it is I will just say, to me, I, I look at it very simply as the idea of people going to rob a bank and people go to rob a bank and there's a security guard there that's just doing his job. 
And whether you're the lookout man, the getaway driver, or the guy that gets there and the security guard wants to be a hero, and the guy that's in there robbing the bank, they had no intention of killing someone, shoots the security guard. They're all in trouble. Right. So it doesn't but matter your me, level. It doesn't matter your... To me, it does. So that's what I'm saying. I think we're very so different. We I agree can to see disagree. in so many shades of gray. I really feel like the whole world is very nuanced and there's uh, nobody's fucking perfect. Sure, I've never done something this bad, but like I've done some some things that I'm not proud of. I think most people have. And the idea that like, I don't know. We just, just have different out. You're very black and white. I'm very shades of gray. And that's just who we are. I just okay. think that the idea of the legal system that we do have in this country and the legal system that we have is very flawed and justice is very blind. But if you do cooperate and give information in these circumstances, your role can be, you know, and your punishment can be reduced from maybe what it should be. Having said that, here's what we do know. She had given a tip to her Ex-husband. Husband. Ex. He was an ex-husband at the time. <clears throat> she gave a tip to him. Jeff Galuli. Where Nancy <laughs> Carrigan would be. That's, we, we know that, that she did. <laughs> what time her skate time would be as she's getting ready for the event the next day. She had a former bodyguard. I believe his name is what, Sean Eckert or something? Yeah, but, so, my understanding of Sean Eckert, from what, <laughs> so, my my, 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 my research. Okay. Do your own research, people, you know, don't believe, mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm making jokes. My understanding of Sean Eckert is that he was friends with Jeff. Yeah. So Sean and Jeff went way back in the way back yeah. machine. And he was like, I could do, I could be your bodyguard kind of thing more than like they found him and hired him as a bodyguard. He was like, let's be clear though. Let's be clear. Anyone can be someone else's bodyguard. Yes. By literally saying I'm your bodyguard. Except when shit goes down, can you actually do anything to be a bodyguard? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, anyone could be, like, we could be going somewhere and I could just pretend to, like, not pretend, like, put on glasses and stand behind you and put in an earpiece and look the part of a bodyguard. <laughs> I wonder but if then when somebody comes important. to do something, right? But then when somebody comes to do something, it's like, what are you going to do, right? Like, I don't have a license to, you know, right. to, to, you know, a, so I, a concealed carry permit. Thing, I'm not going to have a gun. I'm not going to shoot somebody. I'm not going to do anything like that, right? He's her bodyguard, but he's really... A friend. Jeff's friend. <laughs> Her ex-husband, who she's now living with, she's claimed to get back together with him with him because the national skating, oh, I don't know, the, the National Figure Skating Alliance or something, mm-hmm. whatever it is, association, was basically like, oh, we'll send you to the Olympics if you get Allegedly. back together. Allegedly. I said she claimed. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. So I, I actually believe that, but it is what it is. Um, I don't not believe it, but it's also so, like I, mean, I can't. It's not like her and Jeff are, are happy at this moment. They're having a... A bad time marriage. And he decides because she goes... The story is she's in Japan and she does some sort of competition in Japan and she feels like she got unfairly judged and she's extremely upset. Because I guess she landed like a jump or something and another person fell and they scored higher than her and she's like, this isn't... Like, I... I whatever it was. She called... And she in, was, in her mind, in she, that moment, she was better than that person. We can't say one way or another because we didn't see it. So we can't no, even give our uh, own Yeah, no. This, own hot th- take. this is yep. the story is that mm-hmm. she claimed that she was unfairly judged, which is believable, right? We don't know if that's true or not, but it's believable. Um, and so Jeff, I guess Jeff and Sean were talking and Jeff was like, oh, you know, 
I guess they came up with the cockamamie idea that like some they should try and prevent Nancy from skating so that Tanya has more of an opportunity because it was clear that Nancy was the she favored was the party. favored party. She's the one that America wanted. She had all these endorsements, Cheerios, tons of commercials and endorsements. I mean, Tanya had like one. I think she was on like a gasoline commercial for like Texco. So like Nancy Kerrigan was like, you know, the golden child and they wanted her to go. So they were like, and I guess they were, you know, competitive the whole time. But I mean, of course they are. But they also weren't enemies. I don't, from what I understand. So they came up with the idea to do something to Nancy. And, um, yeah. So <laughs> they hire some buffoons. <laughs> There's two buffoons hiring two more buffoons. To... And the, the idea is they're going to hit her. They're... Well, the first idea apparently that he had, like Jeff was like, what if we slice her Achilles? And I guess that they were like, well, that could be a little hard to do. And then I guess Sean Eckerd was like. Allegedly. 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 No, I don't even think, you know what? I'll say allegedly, but I'm pretty sure he videoed, he (laughs) tape recorded this conversation and there's proof that he said, well, what if we get a rifle? We could just shoot her. And they were like, everyone else was like, no. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep murder out of this. Yeah, like, like maybe we should just, like, maybe we're more on the, like, let's poison her food so she gets food poisoning, not, like, let's murder the person. Right. And then I guess Jeff Galuli was like, how about we just break her knee, but we got to do her right leg because that's the one she's going to land on, which. Now, in your (laughs) life, think about it, in your life. Have you ever been like, I'm mad at someone and had, like, a dumb conversation like that with people? Like, oh, man, I could take this person out or we should take this person out or we should do whatever. Like, I can't think that I have, but I also can't think that it's not like, you know, not a conversation people don't have. No, I'm sure it's You know, you say dumb shit yes, where you're angry at somebody. Absolutely, people do. And but, you're, you're competitive with somebody. But and, they're having conversations with someone who they've hired to do it. So them having a conversation together. <laughs> that they're is, videotaping them hiring to do it. That Sean Eckert is videotaping without anyone else's knowledge with a video record like a tape recorder it wasn't a video it was just audio with a paper towel over it at like a restaurant so he has this all taped so (laughs) i mean yeah people have these kind of conversations in jest i don't think they go so deep though like once you're called like once you're finding out where she practices and hiring hitmen who they had to haggle with the price by the way because he wanted like five grand or something and they're like no 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 we'll give you two and then he's like, give me four. Whatever it was, I think they wound up going with 2500 I mean, this whole thing sounds insane. And then this hitman is flying from, I believe, Dallas? I don't know. To Boston. To find Nancy. I forget his name. Is it like Derek or something? I think it's Derek. Yeah, I, I have it here. <sighs> to, find, to find Nancy going into practice so he could hit her knee. And he gets to Boston, I think like New Year's Eve or something, right? He goes to rent a car, realizes he took his girlfriend's credit card (laughs) instead of his own. So has to call her, have her mail the credit card. So he's waiting for days for this credit card to appear so he can rent a car, finally gets the car, drives to this rink or arena, whatever it is, and is just moving the car around the parking lot for four days because he doesn't want to seem suspicious staying in one spot. 
finally calls and says, after four days of doing this, after waiting for his credit card with his name on it, calls and says, oh, hey, I want to bring my daughter in um, to try and get an autograph from Nancy Kerrigan and watch her practice because you could like do that back then. What, when does she practice? And they said, oh, no, she left. She left for Detroit days ago. This came to the Nationals. So then he tries to get a train ticket to Detroit, but it's too much money. So he gets a Greyhound or there's no trains that go, whatever the case may be. So he has to get like a Greyhound bus ticket to get to Detroit. (laughs) I mean. The level of dedication. And this is before any of this crazy shit even went down. The level of dedication. The level of fucking stupidity. I mean. Where did they find this guy? Where did they find him? And this is before the incident even occurs. But you really think, though, you really think, like, you know, there's datelines out here, there's shows on all the time, and you're like, how many times do you really, like, actually, like, yo, I'm a hire a hitman? And people are, like, on Craigslist now, they're on, like, whatever, and then this is like, yo, How did you get one cops. back then? I don't know. You got this guy is what you got. Like, who are you going to get? Who are you going to Who are you gonna get? But also, they weren't willing to pay the money. They only wanted to pay 2500 yeah, I mean, you get what you pay for. I mean, long story short, he does end up there. Yeah. So he gets into this Nationals, right, where these people are skating to make the Olympics. This is back, you know. There's no fucking security. We say it all the time. But like, this, this is back when you can literally, like, walk... Your loved one, your significant other, to the gate at oh, an yeah. airport. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like this just was just was just lax. People just were like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, and like there's no security. Just, there's no nobody. There's cares. no checks and balances on any of these things. And he follows an ABC news crew up to Nancy Kerrigan when she's getting off the ice. A fucking news crew with a camera. That's filming. That's filming her give an interview. And as this is happening, he hits her in the leg with a blunt object and then runs away. Okay. And he runs to the door that apparently he already scoped out and knew was unlocked. Only it was like chained shut. So he, he blasts through the plexiglass lower pane on the door, like the, the pane on the door with his head. To get out. <laughs> this is real. This is know, really what this fucking guy did. I'm laughing because it's still the whole thing. His getaway driver apparently is nowhere to be found. Has to zoom around back for him. So that's a whole thing. And then he throws the weapon just in the parking lot under a car. <laughs> what? And that leads me to, <laughs> I recall seeing Nancy Kerrigan on the floor. Crying, why me? Yeah, why I me? remember her saying why me too, and she didn't. And that's and, why the camera and, was there. And, and this I was also, the event. before we saw I Tanya, which we saw that movie a few years ago, I literally, in my head, pictured Tanya Harding with the blunt object. What was it like a crow? Like not a crowbar. It was like a like a, a, a police. It was like yeah, a police a, stick. A police baton. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, I pictured her with it. Like I thought she actually attacked Nancy. Like that's that's how little that's. A, how the media portrayed it, and B, you know, how little people really know about what really happened. Because that story is so good. Like, how much... Not it's not good that someone got hurt, but how fucking ridiculous it it went. Like, these people are, like, like they could have made, like, a stupid comedy about these buffoons. Like, it's just unbelievable. All I could think of 
is that like, you know, the, the couple things with humanity, whether you want to believe in evolution, you don't, you wanted this, you wanted that. There's a primal thing within people that they always want to have conflict with one another, right? And it always seems to be a, a, a recurring theme throughout history. And history always repeats itself. It's always people. It's always rivals. Always people that want just people can't work together, right? They can't just be together. It's like, well, this person is my enemy, so I'm just going to take out my enemy. I'm not going to go beat them on the battlefield in this case. There's always that ingrained thing. If this wasn't on camera and we didn't film this and this happened, you know, and nobody knew, you wouldn't be able to describe the things you're describing and someone would believe you. They'd be like, that is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And that I'm entire thing sure is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. pretty sure it's portrayed really dumb in I, Tanya. Like this, I'm pretty sure they portray it like how it really happened. And it doesn't feel real because it's a movie. But it's... But it's accurate to It's how, accurate to how it went down. Yeah. And you're like, that is... Unfucking believable Insane. And then one of the reasons why Jeff and Sean were found out so quickly was because... Sean Eckert not only told his mom, he was like, he told every like he told his mom he was going to do this. Like she knew about it. Like she probably should have given a heads up. I don't know. But he had the tape recording that he played for guy. He went to community college with in his class. Like what, what are we doing? Like what? <laughs> this is not, a, first of all, it's not a good bodyguard. Okay. Way back when, <laughs> way back when I used to work in the office and I'll never forget a gift that I received from a, a manager at the time that I had worked with at a prior job and, and, you know, we'd circled back and we ended up at a different place at a different location. And it's just, you know, they have these inspirational things on the wall in the nineties and the two thousands. <laughs> and they just have like a big, you know, picture of, you know, some sort of event and it just say, you know, teamwork makes the dream work or, you know, su success, whatever it is. And he just, he gave it to me and it was framed and I still have it. It's still here. And it's people in a circle that are skydiving. Oh, yeah. And it just says, <laughs> it's amazing what people can do. The stupidity of people in large groups. And I'm like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> you put these people together and you're like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, why God. would you want to go skydiving and hold hands? Like, I understand why people want to do it, but you're like, yo, man. You know, I've never read that. I've seen that picture that you have. I've never actually yeah, read the caption. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it's not real. Like, that's why he gave it to me. Because no, he yeah, knew yeah, I would yeah. get a kick out of it. Because, like, just like just all those, like, like oh, yeah, rah, rah, team building. But seven days after the event, roped him in, got him in. We're going to continue to follow the story. Yeah. The story ends Into in January with Jeff Galuli and Sean Eckert being arrested well, i don't it's derek derek and derek right it's derek and sean that are arrested now it doesn't say jeff Galuli yet no he i think he was he could be i think he or was. could be under investigation whatever the case may be but i think he was arrested the same day as sean. I, I could be wrong I could be wrong but tanya's not arrested yet nope she is heading to the olympics nancy kerrigan after being attacked got a, a pass you go into the olympics you go and you got and you go so she can get in as long as you can as long as you're healthy enough and apparently she just had like a really bad bruise Mm -hmm. And she couldn't skate that moment, but she was fine to skate in February, and she will. Because the Olympics will happen in February, and if you think that karma doesn't exist, right? Ugh, I know. It's just, the whole thing is just so tragic. Because I remember watching that then, because because I was not, like, like I mentioned, probably not going to be that interested in some of these things, but everybody was interested now. You this could was, not this, be interested. Because when all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. 
somehow this she's connected to this. This was the big fucking deal back then. 100%. And I, okay. So another thing I just want to ask you, like, because I guess the perception back then was that, I mean, we all know that Tanya Harding was like a ballerina, not Tanya, I mean, Nancy Kerrigan was like a ballerina. She was beautiful. She was graceful. Like, she really was. She did look like a Disney princess. But that Tanya Harding was a little bit like, rough around the edges and kind of like white trash. Like that was kind of the perception of her. Did you, were you cognizant to that? Cause I wasn't. I'm 10 or 11. I was like, I, th- I thought she was cool. Cause she had, bl- I thought anyone with blonde hair was like so cool. And I was like, man, she's so pretty. She has blonde hair. Like that's all you needed was a blonde French braid. And I was like, you're so cool. Like I didn't see that you had frizzy hair. She- I didn't see that you had little teeth, like nothing. It was just, you- it didn't matter in my little 12 year old mind. Like you had a, Blonde French braid, and I could never have one of those, so you're cool. My circle is high school and my house. Yeah. So when that news story came came around and people really were starting to formulate their opinions one way or another, right? When people were starting to formulate their opinions. And again, you know, because we're going to, we got to move on to our game. We're going to mm-hmm. keep talking about the story for a little while longer. But, you know, my kind of parting thoughts here on the January part of it is just, you know, again, whatever happened before... We're, this is really a huge introduction. It's not just a huge introduction. There was a lot of pride, even this, at this point in the 90s, about being an American and about the Olympics and about how that mattered. And it just kind of seemed like that was what, however it went down, made everybody look bad in a way. If you cared about those things, if you were like, I'm proud to be an American, like we all cared about the Olympics a lot. You know, we, we did. It was a thing. It mattered. It was on one of the major networks on 24-7. They still do that now, but now some of it's, you know, shifted. I think like Peacock has it or somebody has it, you know, and, and how people consume things is different. But it was really like a big deal. And so for this to happen, and it just made us kind of look stupid. It really did. Like, why would we do that? <laughs> why would anyone do that? It just made us look dumb. And not just from the facts that come out of like, who may be involved and why, but it's like, like, why? Why would you do that? Like, why? Yeah. It just, it's us it, being it, a... it makes Americans look bad. And I think that's the biggest part that I think gets lost in the story. And that's why I want to end it here. Cause that's what I felt. I felt like, why would we do that? You felt that at 10 years old? Like yes. you Really? You felt because like I, it because makes America, I didn't even, because I still had this idyllic vision to be like, Oh, well it's the Olympics. Like, you know, we're supposed to support every American in every event. It doesn't matter the story that, oh, the other, you know, the other person is the only... Like, now, when I watch the Olympics, I'm like, oh, wait, like, here's this country that only has, like, three people competing in the Olympics. Like, I really hope that their people win because that's so great for them, right? Yeah, like, I want Versus America like, to win, but then right. I'm also like... But now I'm able to see it yeah. more. Uh-huh. But back then, I'm like, well, America, like, let's go America. Team USA. Team USA all the way. Always. Just blindly rooting. And it's like... This just made us look like idiots. I remember my parents were like, they're like, wow. Like, and everybody around me in the circle, because it was there, everybody had to talk about it. It was on every news network. It was in the papers. It was this conversation. And as the story's like breaking, it just makes it be like, why would you do that? You're overshadowing this entire event and making it be about you. No matter whether or not, whether or not they were successful. And then let's say, you know, in an alternate universe, they were successful with their silly plot. And they just got away with it. Nobody even knew until way after the fact. It's like, you, you over the whole thing is overshadowed by hitting this, this poor girl on the leg. 
So it was just the idea that it overshadowed the entire event. And and the media ate this thing like a chihuahua would eat like a ham bone. They just were like, I'm going to devour this until it's I all, explode. It was the only thing. that It was the only thing. Every single person knew about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Tanya Harding's mom on the TV. Mm-hmm. It was Nancy Cat. It was it was nonstop. Like, and I feel like we do that a lot now with news stories, but back then it was even more so because you just got your news basically from newspapers and TV. There wasn't Twitter, you know, there wasn't anything like that. So Twitter it was like everybody watched the nighttime news. Everybody watched one of the nighttime news is in their house, and then you would go to school and you'd talk about it. I'm sure older people would go to work and talk about it, and it was just. There was this really unifying thing about it that I think we're kind of missing now. Even, like, we talked about the Cheers, mm-hmm. you know, final episode, like, the, the, the series finale. You know, everybody watched it. And then mm-hmm. you'd go and talk about it. Most people would know, at least knew what happened if they didn't see it. So it was like there were these unifying events. And this was one of them, unfortunately, you know, it well, was. And, and kind of why I framed it the way I did in the, in the beginning of the episode, you know, with the sports stuff. It's like college football ends. Regular football is winding down. There's not a lot there. People are getting ready for the Olympics. We're excited. We're, we're real, all But we're excited. always excited about the Olympics. We are, but we're like extra, like this is this And you is guys need winter. to know something, listeners out there. Pat looks at the year. He looks at TV, the year, and the world through the eyes of whether or not football is on TV. It's true. It, it is. Well, no, I mean, I, I It's do, okay. You can just admit it. I do look at it based on... Football. Sports. Sports, but also big events that are happening, right? I mean, they, they don't play their biggest... We don't play our biggest sports in the summer for a variety of reasons, but that's also that's when we put our big movies out, right? It's hot. You want to go inside and watch the big movies that are going to make a lot of money. I mean, there's just things that are, the American machine does, and that's been doing our entire lives. And one of them is we love to root for America. Get Everybody gets their flag out. Everybody gets together. Let's go watch the Winter Olympics. And now we have this situation where our two female <laughs> competitors may or may not have literally, um, one of them may or may not have been involved in a plot to sabotage the other one's success. Craziness. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add on any of these stories that we touched on today? It's a long episode, guys. I know. I know you're hanging in. You're waiting for the diary and you're waiting for Would you like play. me to read my diary now? I think you should read your diary now before we play okay. Trivia It's Pursuit. probably not that exciting. So let's hear what you have to and say. And I might cut it one. out. Okay. Here's... No, you have to keep it. We're here. January 30th, 1994. Today is every man's favorite day of the year. I, by the way, I was... I hate myself when I was... Like, when I read this, I'm like, oh, I just want to crawl into a hole and die. I was the worst. Anyway, and I'm doing the thing with my eyes where I put a whole bubble on top of them. Just letting you know. Today is every man's favorite day of the year. No, it's not Thanksgiving. No, it's not Christmas. Drum roll, please. Dot, dot, dot. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And the crowd goes wild. Bills versus Cowboys. Buffalo versus Dallas. I don't know why I did that. I had to say it twice. Wouldn't it be cool if it was the Buffaloes versus the Cows? I don't know who I want to win. I really don't. I feel bad for Troy Aikman because of the concussion he got. But the Bills are New York. Then. Skip. 
March 3rd, 1994. March 3rd, 19... <laughs> By the way, the Cowboys won. Damn. Today we went to the district... And then I just start talking about something else. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need to save that page because on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to post that on, blast that out on every social media, everything. And it's just be like, I really, want to remind so you embarrassing. 100%. I'm going to send it to everybody I know. Every year I'm going to do it. That's 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 just like, we might as well frame that. Would you like to hear a beautiful metaphor I wrote on January 4th? And then I'll, it's not about Super Bowl. Jen? Teaser? We are recording a podcast. Okay. okay. And you're going to end up probably cutting that if you read it. So hold it to make sure you actually want to use it. No, I'll, I'll use I'll use it. I'll, I'll do it in the future. I'll, I'll tell you my, my metaphor. <laughs> I love I, I love uh, Jen's Diary Corner. <sighs> Guys. So bad. This has been the uh, weird fragrant bark that was on, uh, that was in my grandma's Tiffany dish. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next month to get into some other potpourri type events. We want to remind you, we are still over the century with this 90s Trivial Pursuit game. We are going to dive back in now, see if we can't get anything done. But if you liked what you heard, remember to uh, five-star rating and (laughs) download and subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. At the mixtape. Comments, ratings mean so much. Helps us so much. Yeah. So that we can keep coming up, coming up to the closet and doing our thing. Jen? Yeah. It's your turn. Okay. Here we go. Oh, shit. That wasn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it could be. It was. Yeah. Okay. I'm yellow. on a pie piece yellow, and yellow is wired, which is like the tech one, I do believe. What six letter acronym is WebSpeak for the world's largest bulletin board system? The world's largest bulletin board system? Was Pinterest around in the... In the... Usenet. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. All right, you go. That was my opportunity. That was my one and only opportunity I mean, uh, for a pie piece. Like, we're going to play this game for months. Oh, all right, I'm on wired. Okay, give me a wired question. Usenet. What the fuck is Usenet, for those that know? I guess old Pinterest. I have no idea. Old Craigslist, maybe. What Bandai cyber toy gave kids a chance to mate their papachi with a capucci to spawn a babichi, a babichu? A tamagotchi. Yeah, it was a Tamagotchi. Yeah, I feel like that's... let's go. Man, you got, go. you got lucky. Give me the yellow that's pie bullshit. piece. Give me the yellow pie piece. Oh, man. That's, that's the way you they know go to that. You know that's not fair. Give me the yellow pie piece. I'm getting you the yellow bum, pie bum, bum, piece. Bum. You got the easy... You got the easy one. You're completely unprepared. Use net. I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't think anyone was getting a pie piece. Ask me the green question. Oh, shit. We can always do the pie piece later. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I don't that. know why I'm tr- I have to like do that right now. Okay. The green. I forgot. You can you continue. <sighs> Who turned in Ted Kaczynski and gave the bulk of his $1 million re- reward to the victim's families? Do I need a name? I, I don't know. Because I think it's like his brother-in-law or his brother that like turns him in. 
You think it's his brother? I will give that to you if I Google this and it is his brother. It's yeah. David Kaczynski. Yeah, I'm like 95% certain it's like his brother. If it's his brother, then you get this. But then I expect the same the same treatment. Well, I mean, you know, you're, you're stretching the rules here. I'm not. I think that David Kaczynski, the younger brother. So I would give that to you, yeah. Okay. I mean, who the hell knows his name? Like, that That would be... I mean, you should know his name. It's the 90s. True. Sure. Oh, too. I don't want to go back there. Give me an orange. What short-lived McDonald's offering was hyped as the burger with the grown-up taste? Arch Deluxe. Yeah. I fucking love that burger, yeah, man. Yeah, that burger. Bring that shit back. I remember Arch the Deluxe. Arch Shout Deluxe. out. I remember the Arch Deluxe. Shout out. Holy I shit. I love the Arch Deluxe. Like, don't don't talk to me about an Arch Deluxe. This <laughs> is body by Arch Deluxe. I'll go with blue. <clears throat> this is so much fun. <laughs> what athlete has inspired announcers to exclaim, the Camby man can or the Camby man can't. Marcus Camby? Yeah. How did you... Yeah. What do you mean, how do I know? He's a Knicks basketball player. Oh, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm like, okay. Marcus Camby? I'm like, that seems like the easiest question ever. I don't know. Oh, I got a green pie piece now. Great. This is one Pat just, uh, this is going to be an hour, 45 minute episode of Pat beating Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Green, for the green pie piece. Mm -hmm. Green is important. Hmm. Who based the book Den of Lions on his 2,454 days as a hostage? John McCain. I would have said that, too, because I think that's the only person that I knew was really a hostage. Uh, Terry Anderson. Okay. And that, everybody... Shout out, Terry Anderson. It's 90s mixtapes. Bye! Bye!